The way to think differently is to act differently and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Welcome to the Unlearn Podcast, where host Barry O'Reilly seeks to synthesize the superpowers of extraordinary individuals into actionable strategies you can use to think big, start small, and learn fast, and find your edge with excellence. Here's your host, Barry O'Reilly. All right, so I'm uh, delighted to have Katri with me on the show. Um, Katri, one of the reasons I'm very excited to have you here is, well, you've done lots of things, but I think one of the things I'm always interested in is you've led Fjord, a very well-known consultancy, and now you've gone inside, well, a huge airline company in mm-hmm. Finnair, and you're the chief digital officer there now. So very different roles have been inside an organization trying to lead change and also outside trying to influence change and design. And I know how passionate you are about all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really curious, especially with the airline industry, is another area where there's massive innovation happening, but there's also a lot of legacy to deal with mm-hmm. um, and trying to manage both those sort of conflicting sort of worlds. Um, when the margins are airline, like thin, yeah. but big, huge investments involved to do that. But before we dive into all the, the details mm-hmm. of the things you've both had to learn and unlearn in that space, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself or one of the two key moments for you in your sort of journey? This is probably the most difficult question. <laughs> what are the two key moments on the journey? But not many know that I'm actually a third generation engineer. So I think that's something for my background to be aware about. I am a builder. I really truly enjoy building companies and building businesses and building teams, building products. And I think that that fascination, it must be somewhere in the DNA. So for me, it's very logical. A couple of points from my journey then. In the beginning, when I started my career, I worked at a management consultancy for five years and it was tremendous. It was really exciting and amazing. But it was in the 90s. So pretty soon I figured out that it's happening somewhere else. You know, the internet was there. It became apparent that the future will be built around the internet. That's interesting. And, you know, so for me, I felt a little bit stuck trying to convince people about e-commerce and how important it will be and trying to get to work with that area. And one of the first moments for me, a really big unlearning moment was when I joined uh, Satama Interactive. Yeah. So Satama was one of the early internet consultancies. Yeah. In the end of 90s, not much was there, you know. Right. So I had to, when I joined Satama, you change from having a, a suit to going around in T-shirt and jeans. Yeah. And it was such a boost for creativity and a lot of young folks like me at the time yeah. around. And we really wanted to build the future. And uh, I think we did. But for unlearning, of course, that was one of the moments when you really could kind of think about and rethink and also kind of be inspired by what you had learned, but then really rethinking about how we build the future. What is it kind of based on? So that was one of the moments. Yeah, I think so. I think the internet, I think sometimes people underestimate how much of a seismic shift it was for a lot of businesses, Um, especially when they were growing through people scaling rather than using technology to scale their businesses. Yes, I think we could talk about, I mean, that for a long time, how internet started and how it became a business. And of course, it wasn't easy all the time. I mean, there was a lot of struggles and it took a lot longer than everyone thought. 
at least the ones who started to work in the industry. But then for me, later on, you mentioned Fjord and my time in Sweden. So I moved over to Sweden in 2005. And that was another kind of a big unlearning and learning moment, which I still think about that with a lot of joy. Because, I mean, at some point of your career, you become kind of a little bit part of the establishment and you know everybody around and it gives you too much freedom in my eyes. So when I moved to Sweden, it was really refreshing because nobody knew me. So uh, you enter a room and you really have to go deep into why are you there? What is the value you're creating and how are you going to help your client or whoever you're meeting in building some value? So for me as an individual, it's always a good moment when you really have to redefine yourself. Yeah, I think that's great. One of the things we talk a lot about on the show is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and putting yourself in uh, situations where you have to grow. Yes. And I know you do that actively yeah. by design. Um, you know, what do you think made you do that? You know, what? Well, I'm endlessly curious and I really enjoy being in the uncomfort zone. For me, maybe the learning is to be in the comfort zone. So, so, you know, kind of, I'm serious about it. I think it is really like that, that sometimes I have to think about to really kind of stay and, you know, be patient. And from that perspective, it might be a little bit vice versa for me. But yes, I truly enjoy. I've always put myself into places and challenges that maybe people thought that that's crazy. When I first moved to Satama, my sister told me that you're crazy. I mean, why are you doing such a thing? I don't know. I mean... For me, it brings energy and it challenges me and I get uh, kind of, you know, I find out new things about myself as well. So um, I'm a curious explorer. That's maybe something in the background. Well, it's, it's one of the things I like most about you. Yeah. And now you continue that, right? You mm -hmm. go from the consultancy world into the airline world, you know, yes, which is a, another sort of yeah. night and day scenario. Yeah. Um, what have been some of your insights from that transition? Well, it's been great. I have to say, I really encourage everybody who has sort of the background from the consultancies or also from outside kind of corporate world. I have really enjoyed my three years now at Finnair. I think it's a little bit of a built kind of way of thinking that uh, the corporates would be, you know, slow or boring. I mean, it's all about how you build uh, the reality and it's all about perspective. So at Finnair, I have truly enjoyed the team. I mean, we have a very committed team and we have had a really good successful years and we really changed the culture. It's been a great part of the journey, I have to say. So as part of that journey, you know, you've done all these interesting and very diverse things. What have been some of the key unlearning moments for you as you go along? Uh, one of the key maybe unlearning moments is right now. I think. I think it's a great moment after three years to think back and see where I am as a person and from a professional background and part of the leadership team and uh, really kind of running the company and taking it forward. I need to think about not getting too comfortable and really kind of moving myself and challenging myself like I have always done and not forgetting about that, you know. So uh, right now, I think that it's important for me to unlearn some of the stuff that I've learned and then, of course, build on a lot of things that I've learned in the corporate world. Because there's so many things that also kind of the other world, I mean, the startups and the consultancies and everybody kind of outside the corporate world can learn from. So I, I'm a true believer in kind of building bridges between different kind of companies and different ways of thinking. So uh, I think that's where creativity stems from. And I truly believe in that one. So... Yeah, I think this is one of the interesting things, especially with like huge industries like the airline industry and how you're opening 
yourself up to work with these emergent mm-hmm. startups, also creating the opportunity for great innovation to happen inside the company. What are some of the things that are happening inside for you at the moment that you're trying to help foster that? One of the things that I think that we need to work with on both sides is identity. When I came to Finnair, I struggled a little bit with uh, going to Slush and talking in front of the audience and saying that we are a growth company, you know? So I think that the concepts and the words and things that we believe in are so powerful. That is, by the way, in YouTube on a video that I say that we are a growth company. But I think truly that it was really important for us as a company to reinvent the growth story and to really kind of build the growth that we wanted to see and that we already kind of saw the beginning of. So especially in these kind of industries that are cyclical, you go through kind of some very tough years and it's a lot of uh, cost cutting and, and, and saving measures and really, really tight budgets. But then you also kind of need to be able to shift the gears. So you have to be able to start growing again. And I think that that was really important to start to build the culture around growth and also kind of walk the talk. So that was one of the moments for me personally when I was at Slash and I was really thinking before, can I really say it? I said it and we've done kind of double digit growth and everything is possible, but you have to really truly believe in it and you have to kind of also kind of be able to shift a little bit. And what have been some of the maybe contrary things you've had to do? So even saying airlines are growth industries is somewhat contrary, but then, you know, you've opened up this access to startups to work uh, Mm. with Finair. Finera really owning this path to Asia. It's been very interesting to see how they're building out this market into China from Europe, which is really interesting for me to start owning these spaces based on the growth mindset and the strategy you're trying to drive in the company. Yes. Well, from Finera's perspective, of course, Asia is the foundation of our strategy and going really well forward. One of the things for us and what I'm thinking about is that what can be the intangible benefits for us stemming from that strategy? And you tend to think about destinations and routes, and of course, that's the base of our industry and our business. But then again, the pure fact that we are so involved and present uh, really work a lot with exciting Asian companies. It gives us also a bit of more insight into how mobile services are developing, uh, what's happening in the digital world. And definitely Asia is a great inspiration from that perspective as well. What jumps out to you then? What are some of the ideas coming from Asia that you're trying to incorporate into like a a long-lived European company? Well, I think there are many, many kind of ideas and perspectives. Well, one of the areas that uh, really impresses me is the cashless society. Asia, pretty much, I mean, some of the countries, some of the cities at least, are pretty much cashless societies. I've never seen money in Shanghai. (laughs) Exactly. So that is one inspiration. And to think about, I mean, sometimes we're, at least here in Europe, I mean, some of the areas have been a little bit like slow in adapting to digital cash and digital money. And I think that's something where we can see how people behave and uh, what does it really mean and how could we kind of embrace that development. But there are kind of pockets like this and also when it comes to artificial intelligence and a lot of different tech areas or design areas, if you like, where we can really get inspired by how Asia has been innovative. That's great for using influences from around the world and bring them back into the company. You you worked in Fjord, really well-known design company, Mm -hmm. um, and you're an engineer. So how are you bringing those two worlds together? Um, What has helped you both, again, learn and unlearn in that space? Yeah, so one of the really difficult projects for me when I was at Fjord in Sweden and we started to build the business there was to, you know, just to find an office space. 
it was so difficult. It was really difficult. I was maybe using, you know, parameters from the past, like uh, you know, financial parameters and, you know, talking the language of... Uh, of real business. Of real business. <laughs> and we really struggled to find the right one, or the right spot. And we were really looking for a creative space. So uh, at the end of the day, me and Daniel, who was working with me at the time, we did a presentation totally without numbers and without any text on it. So that was the one that we settled with. And then we could also make a decision in, within the company. So kind of the language, I think, is one of the most important things. So uh, you have to unlearn the language that you have learned and learn something else and uh, learn how to really communicate so that it appeals and that it really kind of sticks to the core of uh, the DNA with whomever you're working with. And I think that's important. And also this with being an engineer working in a design company, I hate to put people in boxes. At one of our Slush programs, one of my colleagues put it in great words after having visited Slush for the first time and having been part of the program that we ran at Finair. And, and she said that boxes are for dead people. You know, so... One of the really important parts is that the world is around perspectives and uh, you have to be able to change their perspective in order to be creative. I mean, once you become an engineer, you shouldn't limit yourself to the box that is given to an engineer. Of course, you need to challenge yourself and the same for the designers. So I don't see world in different boxes and I don't see kind of any hesitations or, or any limitations for a design background talent to be part of an engineering team. Of course, it's really necessary. And already at Satama, we combined tech, design and business. And I think that was much earlier than, for example, the Aalto University in Helsinki is now built based on the same kind of foundation. Absolutely. These three elements. Well, like Aalto is known throughout the world for its design work and obviously Finland as well. But yeah. um, it's, so, it's such an interesting insight there to hear you know, your perspective because you've sort of lived that. You've sort of almost lived this experience world rather than this is my discipline. And, and I think that's very interesting for people yeah. as we constantly see emerging technologies change in the world, different products and services. And that perspective is important and recognizing that and not limiting yourself to say, well, I was trained in an engineer, therefore all I can do is engineering. And I think that's really powerful for people to understand that. I think it's really important. I truly believe in lifelong learning. And if you get stuck with something that you did 20 years back, well, it becomes a package. I mean, it doesn't help you forward. So you need to unlearn that one as well. At the same time, I really believe in bringing people together. So whenever I build a team or we're building a team, we're really looking to how can we kind of get the different disciplines closer together. So collaboration and really kind of the exchange of different perspectives that's so important in business life and also in creating something that is valuable for the customer. So in my team today, the team that we have built, we have both the traditional IT, we have the creative design teams, we have a great big agile team, and then we have the transformation team, which is more kind of a consultancy that is working throughout the company to help us transform. So we have all the different elements and it's a very diverse team and I get really excited when I think about it. I mean, I can take out the challenge and then all we need to think about is that how do we combine that talent in the best possible way to solve it? So that's kind of my dream that we really get there one day and kind of get rid of the possible structures or whatever that would kind of limit us in being fast and solving things in a very agile mindset. That's where we are. Well, I think it's very interesting, again, because this is almost talking about the internal design of your company. We're creating this cross-functional collaboration, bringing disciplines together. 
And then when I zoom out of your what Finnair is doing about bringing startups into their ecosystem, opening up new flight routes, you're sort of doing the same pattern, but at a at an organizational business level of bringing these diverse people together. It's the Slush Conference, obviously, being a great example of that and how, how much you're heavily involved in, in creating that ecosystem. Yes, there are so many aspects to this. And I think that within the airline business, I mean, there's so much. If you look at our crew, the way they work together, you know, I mean, you get on a flight and you have seven minutes to build the team. And they are just uh, awesome in doing that. So we have so much to learn and within the company also. The industry has great kind of practices and great skills. And I think it's a question of just uh, kind of opening up and being open and learning from each other from whatever discipline you come from. And I think that at Finnair, what has been really important for us from the very first day when we started to talk more about digital, because we've done it from 1995, but of course with the transformation efforts, we've been focusing a lot on digital. And the most important thing for me and, and for the company has been that we do it all together. So it was never a kind of a team of 50 or 60 people. It has always been a team of, first it was 5,500, now we're over 6,000. So it's a team of entire company and it has been really great to see how everybody has been engaged. So from the company perspective then, what have been some of the unlearnings on that journey that you've come up against? Well, I think that from the company perspective, it is a lot about the culture. So, for example, what we did in one part of the company at the headquarters, we designed a fully new office space. But it was not just about the office space. So we combined to that project, we combined also the digital tools that we're using. So kind of the platform that people are working on every day. So we introduced that and got everybody onto the platform in a different way than before. And the third kind of important perspective was the base of working. So how do we really kind of utilize, how do we want to work in the future? So we did a project where our employees designed the office space. And we did it maybe in a very difficult way. We did it fully agile. So we had batches of 80 to 100 people who participated in a three-week-long experiment. And uh, in that experiment, they got to use the latest and try out the latest in digital. And they had the furniture and the different collaboration spaces and, and ways of working and tried out a lot of stuff. So I think we ran five of those batches. And at the end of the day, we built the office. So, That's amazing. I've not really heard any company try to build an office using agile methods. That's and experimenting yeah. with physical space, digital space, and then the process. Yeah, it was space, uh, well, all at the same time. You know, first we tried to find somebody to help us out with that, but then uh, we couldn't really find anybody in the marketplace who thought it was an interesting challenge. So we did it ourselves, and then uh, had some help from uh, office designers. But uh, definitely our team, the team that was working with that, was a very intense project, and I'm still very grateful for everybody who was involved. Uh, it was a really, really interesting one. Uh, absolutely. Like, I think this concept, because um, office buildings are often inflicted onto teams, right? Yeah. So to have your teams design their own space, mm-hmm. like experiment, five, five batches of experiments to figure out the physical space, how it would work for them to collaborate, that using tools 
that would help them collaborate in that space and then as well as working on their process. That's, that's very intriguing. What were some of the funny, funny anecdotes of <laughs> what, the things that worked well, well or didn't work well? well there was a lot of learning and unlearning yeah. in the process because this process, I mean, in a way that is about unlearning, of course. You get the new inspiration from everything that is possible and then at the same time you're working all the time. Of course, I mean, we were working all the time. Yeah. Everybody who participated was truly doing what they do in everyday life. So uh, I think it was learning for the team who was running it. It was about kind of what is actually going on in different teams in the company. And we also mixed the teams quite a lot and got a lot of kind of collaboration between people. And people found kind of new colleagues. They found out a lot about how we work in different parts of the teams, etc. So there was a lot of learning and unlearning going on at the same time. And I think this way of taking Agile to the physical world, I think it was really the way to do it. Because we had already kind of a couple of years back, we moved into a new building and we have a great open space, but it wasn't designed. Uh, It's like, you know, um, back in the times when you started to digitalize things, you put a PDF online. So it's a little bit like the same thing that you don't change a lot of stuff, but you just make it into a new environment. So you don't really kind of utilize the environment. And it reminds me so much of, I remember when Toyota would invite the GM people into their factories and GM would copy the factory because we needed yeah. to have an open space because Toyota have an open space um, and they create the open space and no one would use it. Right? But when you're talking here about uh, teams organizing themselves physically, digitally and process-wise around their work, that's super interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things we talk a lot about is uh, this. Melvin Conway has this statement that uh, your software will replicate your organizational structures. So, you know, this idea of your teams being able to move to the people who they're actually communicating with the most, like agilely moving their desks, moving the people that you're working with, cross-functional teams together, the team of teams that you need to work with suddenly sitting beside you. And, um, you know, this again, this is something that Netflix found that mm-hmm. even the way they designed their office space is that the teams that had to collaborate a lot started sitting beside each other and um, just like their software had to collaborate a lot. Um, yeah. So it's really interesting to hear you like design this into the mm-hmm. way you're working and giving teams this space to adapt physically where they are as well as their digital collaboration tools, as well as their processes. I think one of the things that uh, I at least try to be very conscious about is the structures, because structure follows strategy. And when strategy changes, and of course, strategy needs to be agile also in today's modern world. So you do have your foundation blocks, but you do need to be aware of also developing the strategy all the time. So uh, from that perspective, I think it's just so important that the structures are a little bit alive as well. So... I see an organization some way as a living creator. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so it does need to be able to breathe and it does need to be able to grow and shape. And from that perspective, I think it's really important to be aware of what kind of structures we have created and what are still really working for us for the benefit of the strategy and also to be aware of the tremendous power that comes from the people. So it is our job to kind of, you know, to serve as a platform for the talent that we have in-house. And uh, that's what we try to be very humble about and really kind of think about how can we serve it the best in, the, in also when it comes to the structures. And it's not always easy. It definitely isn't easy. But you need to be kind of thinking about that quite a lot. Yeah, like I can imagine the one person who's sitting there going, no, this is my desk. I sit in this spot. I'm not moving. 
like the, the, we know those characters everywhere. Yeah, it's fascinating that how you're really being intentional. You're, you see these all as design problems, and I think that's really interesting. Is recognizing that structure has a huge impact on your strategy, and as the strategy changes, the structure of the company might need to change, and bringing that to life even at this small level of a space where people work together and allowing that to sort of evolve as the work evolves, as the collaboration in the company needs to evolve, I think is very interesting. One of the most important points, at least for me, in this one also was that it was a collaboration. We have a fantastic people on culture department. The people on culture department, my team from the transformation and IT, focusing on the digital tools, and then the finance department, we all kind of together built that. And uh, I think that's also really, really key when I think about the leadership and when I think about how companies are being led to work together and not in silos when it comes also to the management teams and that level of kind of taking things forward. Because when you try to change things and when you change things, it needs to be collaboration and you need the different perspectives at the table. So I think at least for me, it was a really great learning also from that perspective. That's brilliant. So I think looking forward now, There's never been as much change. There's never been as much technology. The internet is a whole different thing than when you started at Samtime, I'm sure. There's more technologies that are probably going to do that to the world. What are you excited about? Uh, Well, I'm really excited about many things. Actually, I'm very excited about building World 2.0. What's that? (laughs) Well, it's everywhere around us. I mean, uh, we do need to... On the macro level, we do need to build a system that serves the next generation. And from that perspective, I think technology, technology is everywhere. And it's in the business, it's everywhere, but it's also everywhere in the society. And of course, it's in our our lives from the moment when we wake up and for some of us, even during the night. Get rid of some of it as well. Yeah, so it truly is everywhere. And I think it's really exciting to see how our society is getting serious about it and really thinking kind of in a forward-looking way of what kind of a world do we want to have also in this perspective and working with, for example, artificial intelligence and different parts of the technology, what is kind of the setting where that will be working for the benefit of the world and of the human. I think that's just exciting. It's really exciting and I think that we have a great journey in front of us and I'm looking forward to technology solving the big issues that we have in the world today. This gets me excited, and many times I've said to my 16-year-old boy at home that he shouldn't listen too much to everybody who's saying that uh, things are going to a wrong direction, that there's so many threats around, because I truly believe in the younger generation, and I think that they just need to have a positive inspiration and uh, believe in their skills. And so far, we have solved a lot of really difficult issues. So I'm looking forward to seeing you know, these big challenges of the time, the climate and everything, being not just tackled, but also solved and really building a great world 2.0. Brilliant. Well, look, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank uh, you. It's been really interesting to hear your own personal journey is how you continually try to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, but also recognizing you need to be a bit patient and comfortable sometime. I think that's kind of fun to hear that. But the real insight for me of this idea of allowing structure to follow strategy Super interesting about these stories of designing workplaces to allow people get work done and those workplaces being agile in themselves. I think that's a great insight for other people to take away is that space and uh, physical, digital processes 
has a huge impact on your strategy being delivered. And I think that's something that's super actionable for people to really consider and take away. So thank you for sharing that story with us. My pleasure, Barry. Yeah, look forward to see what you do in the future.